may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Welcome to the second positive view from the Ninian in a week. The championship season kicked off yesterday with a Cardiff City win over Norwich City at the CCS. We're down a man at VFTN. Ben Price is joining me as usual, but in Tom Phillips's place, we've got the inimitable Ryan March from Alternative Wales. Ben, how are you doing? I'm really, really good, mate. How are you? Yeah, all good. And Ryan, welcome back. You've been on this podcast before. Are you feeling better than last time you were on the podcast? Yes, in much better circumstances than last time. Um, I'm trying to think of a classic Cardiff substitute um, to 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 say I'm like. Maybe when Whittingham was booed off against Norwich at home. I can't remember who came on. Wilfred Zaha. Yeah. Wilfred Zaha, there we are. I can be the Wilfred Zaha <laughs> today's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for those who are wondering where Tom is, he's just on an all-inclusive holiday in Rhodes. So don't feel sorry for him. He's having a lovely time. Tom, if you're listening tomorrow, tomorrow, if you're listening on Monday, hope you're having a nice holiday, but um, don't rush back because Ryan's in your place. Um, ben, there's obviously only one place to start. The championship season kicked off yesterday. Games all around the country, but we're focusing on the one at the CCS where Cardiff ran out. We routed Norwich 1-0. Um, how about that for a positive start? It wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> what was it? You, I think you were the only bloke that predicted a win. Me and Tom went for quite heavy defeats. Shows what we know. But yeah, what a bloody star that was. It was nice to see we managed to shit house a game and play football mm-hmm. at the same time. It yeah. was like the, for me, it was the perfect combination. It was just a really, really enjoyable day with really good football and a cracking result. It was just, yeah, I was bouncing out of that stadium. It was in a great mood. Yeah, the atmosphere was incredible. And Ryan, obviously, Norwich were, you know, they're favourites for a lot of people to go up again. You know, they always seem to win the championship when they come back down from the Premier League. But we went toe-to-toe with them. And as Ben said, we passed it around. We didn't compromise on our style, but we also did a bit of shithousing. How encouraging was yesterday's performance for you? I don't think you could have got a better start to the season because as much as I would have loved to have us to routed them 3-0, that almost gives us a false sense of security. Yeah. It was that lovely sort of like... We did, we showed enough to keep it positive, but not get carried away. And I mean, I don't think Norwich were up to much. I think they got to sort themselves out big time if they're going to be yeah. um, threatening. I mean, when you look at like Burnley on Friday night and look at Norwich, I think they were worlds apart. Um, but I mean, from Cardiff perspective, like you said, it was the perfect blend of, you could see there was um, a new style building, uh, you know, already some of those players have really won over the fans. Uh, a decent atmosphere, good crowd. I can't can't really complain too much. Um, we will come to some of the complaints, Ben. I know you have an issue with a certain player, but um, <laughs> we, we touch upon it there, Ben. Um, you know, new players, new style, all gelling already. We had seven debutants yesterday, I think it was. Alsop, Romeo, Kipra, Collins, Rinamotta, Ojo, obviously second debut, Sawyers and Odauda. That's eight debutants, actually, when I count them out like that. Um, but it looks like they're gelling already. It looks like they're already a team and they're already playing well together. Everyone knew their role, didn't they? It was really impressive. Um, it's just so organised. I'm not used to it. Everyone knew their role. Everyone knew what they were doing. And everyone played a blinder. I mean, Kipre, if he keeps playing like that, my God, he's going to be some player. Because that was... I've kind of ever sent a back play like that in their history. I mean, Bruno liked to carry the ball for a bit and Sol liked to go on just random runs every now and again, just thinking he was Beckenbauer. But... Just so composed, yeah. so classy on the ball. It was just... And he's massive. Yeah, he was so good. Mm, he's, he's an huge, imposing yeah. bloke. Like, when you look at him on screen, I was watching the highlights again this morning, 
he just looks big. He looks terrifying. He looks like a he looks like a wrestler. Yeah. He properly looks like he should have been at SummerSlam, not at the Cardiff <laughs> City Stadium. It was just ridiculous how big he is. And like it was so much more noticeable because we I think we've become accustomed to the team being just full of six foot plus players. Yeah. And when you saw like the chances in the box and stuff like that in the corners during the, and the warm-ups and stuff, you sort of going, Oh, we've lost a lot of height out of this team. We're gonna it's not gonna be the it's wicked a different in team, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then he comes across looking like Andre the Giant in there compared to everyone else. It was wild. Um, we talk about keeper there, Ryan. Who who impressed you at the debut times yesterday? I think both the fullbacks stood out for me. Um I think obviously Collins is getting massive praise and yeah. rightly so. Obviously, well, man of the probably match. was man of the match. But I think Romeo would put in a really solid performance. I think they give you exactly what you want from championship fullbacks because they can offer you an option going forward without being a one-trick pony that they can only go forward because they look really solid defensively as well. I think Romeo especially put in a couple, one massive challenge, I think, on the halfway line towards the end. That was fantastic. To, you know, sort of thing that wins you, wins you over the yeah, yeah, fans. Yeah. And Collins, fans side yeah, just all-rounder. And I, you know, I will take take um, will take credit for the Collins signing because I did sign <laughs> him on Football Manager this season of all seasons. <laughs> it's never happened before where I've signed a player on Football Manager I don't know from wherever. Was it Paderborn, I think he came Paderborn, from. that's it, yeah. 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 And um, Cardiff have gone on to sign him and so far it's good. So... Um, yeah, Steve Morrison, I hope my check is in the post. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get 10% of whatever <laughs> yeah. that fee is. Um, we talk about um, other debutants. I, I picked out Olsop here, um, Ben. Um, he made, obviously made an early lovely save from Pookie when some of our passing did go awry. Oh, no, it was from Pookie, sorry, it was from Campwell. Um, I don't know why I wrote down Pookie. But he also showed some really neat footwork to get out of some sticky situations. I think Glenn Williams on, on Twitter asked someone to put together a compilation. You can see it now where he's running out to get the ball, taking it past players. It's, it's important for a, a number one to put in a good performance on his first debut anyway, but he's showing that he's a different type of keeper to what we've had before, isn't he? Yeah. Um, he looks so composed and so relaxed, but there was a couple of times where in my seat I flinched because I'm still <laughs> not used to it. I'm still not comfortable with the goalkeeper doing these tricks and sort of doing it. I'm too used to a goalkeeper trying Lumping that. It 60 yards. Yeah, and then an easy tap in or lumping at 60 yards. It was just, yeah, it was a new experience for me, And but God, he looked good. And like I think we've got another gem there. We've sort of come out like Almic. I was watching the warm up. We were sat in a different seat this time um, on the Ninian stand, and Almic was doing the saves in the warm up there, and he looked bloody good as well, shot stopping. And I was like, Christ, also must be really impressive to keep him out. And then absolutely outstanding performance. That that save from Campwell was huge. Yeah. Such a strong arm, and sort of like that goes in. It's a completely different. I know it's very yeah. cliche to say this, yeah. but that goes in. It's a completely different game and. Norwich probably could have ended up winning quite comfortably, but that just gave everyone a lift and sort of just set the tone perfectly. And it was a, the ideal goalkeeping debut from him because he was really strong in command of his box as well. Yeah, I, I was really impressed with the way he was, he was, you know, kind of breaking the box and getting out to the balls. But um, another debutante, uh, lots of debutantes to get through, Ryan, um, with the goal, Romain Sawyers. Um, you know, he's a fan of lettuce, um, but scored a lovely goal yesterday as well. Um I think it's the first time I've seen a goal at Cardiff City where the crowd have urged someone to shoot and then they have shot and it's gone in since Mark Hudson against mm. Derby um, from 60 yards. Um, do you think he meant to score? Was it a great strike, bad defending? Or are we being unfair on Sawyers by saying that? I think it's probably a little mixture. I think he probably did mean to shoot, I think, maybe. I, yeah, I, I phrased that could, wrong. I think he, could, did, he did mean to shoot. Could be, could be swayed on that. But yeah, I think it obviously... 
it, it takes some sort of flick that moves it a little bit and probably puts it beyond the keeper. But I, you know, I, I think he, he was solid enough today. I don't think, if anything, it was probably the best game he'll ever play. Um, mm-hmm. But he's great energy, perfect box to box player. I think he's 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 an ideal player in that role that Steve Morrison wants. Um, I think to use a tactical phrase, I think he's going for two eights and a six, something oh, like yeah. that. Um, double pivots, double yeah, something along <laughs> them lines. Um, but yeah, no, I think he was ideal for for what he did, and to get a goal on his debut is always a good thing. And um, I'm sure he's going to go from strength to strength as the season progresses. I think he's. I think it's. Go on, Sorry, did you see the comment of Dean Smith afterwards? Mm. Yeah, he said he's never done that, that in training that was or whatever. So salty, it was unbelievable. And oh, I, I, think, I, I think, I'm lumped. I think I'm Dean Smith on his is act. I was gonna say, I think he's realizing that his powers are probably not what they were, once were, and he's kind of struggling a little bit in Norwich, especially since they've come down. And like, he needs to get something sorted fast because they could, they could, you know, look, watching all the championship and seeing all the results yesterday, it's wide open this year. Mm. It's it's going to be a nuts league, and they could get dragged into things quite easily. Um, I think Ben, on, on your point, I, I'm talking about Sawyer's goal, Kipre. I mean, he broke through the lines there, lovely, didn't he? I think it, it was it was very interesting seeing a centre half who looked up, saw the space, and just attacked it. Just when, yeah. And the thing is, when he gets, he's quick. He's really, really quick and mobile. A huge stride. And you're like, how do you like if you're a defender, and he's what six three, something like that, and built like a brick shit house, running you really quickly with the ball. How do you stop him? Yeah, like you've got to really time it well because you're either giving away a foul or you're getting clattered because he was plowing through people just to get it was just unstoppable and really helped create a lot of space and put a bit of panic in those defenders that just caused them to lose all their shape. And I think I think there needs to be some credit for O'Dowd as well with the with the the assist for the goal. I think that the ball looked lost in that corner. It kind of was running towards the touchline. He recovered it, skipped past the defender very nice with a bit of a, a classic between his left foot and right foot piece of skill, laid it off for Sawyer's. And I think. You know, there was some doubt around O'Dowder in going into the summer as someone who, you know, might not be the best signing. But if he's going to pull out tricks like that and make assists like that, then I think we've got a, a good solid winger on our hands. But I think the big debate from you guys especially is is around Perry NG. Um, we were chatting just before we came on air and I think it's, it's time to confront it. We've got Team NG versus not Team NG with <laughs> the red card. Um, ben, you're, you believe it was a red card. Ryan, you don't think it was a red card. So I think you just need to duke it out state your case so yeah. Ben I'll come to you first or Ryan which no, who, on, who wants to go first no go on Ben I'll let you have say what you need to say before I wade in okay so, so I thought like all in all I think the referee was fucking horrific all game he was terrible same was like same with the 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 linesman as well couldn't keep up with play didn't know what they were doing just absolute piss poor for both sides I thought they were just shocking there's no control of the game flat out but I think you got both red cards right, and NG's especially. You look at Riles has given the foul away. It's a, it's a clever foul, stops the build up, counter there. There's nothing, that's it. Rolls are stood on the ball. They're not going to get a quick free kick. It's done. NG, for whatever reason, decides to just plow through Pookie, which I'm all for normally because he came across the right whinging shit all game. But there was no need for him to get involved with that and clatter him. So there's your first foul. Then calls the LA. Um, and yeah, somehow we get three bookings. They got one, even though it was about 50-50 for everything. Um, the second yellow card is just if you're on a but if you're not on a yellow card, that's a fine foul to do. But you can't grab a shirt, sort of lunge in and pull try and pull someone down in that area when you're on a yellow card. It's a guarantee, especially what, a minute, two minutes after the first yellow? 
it's a guaranteed second yellow against a referee that's looking to try to stamp some authority on the game. It was just, yeah, it was just absolutely foolish from him. Other than that, I thought he had a really good game. His passing was solid, controlled, like, wasn't afraid to get on the ball. I thought he was really good up until he made those rash decisions and just seemed to lose his head a bit. Right, over to you to defend him. Um, from the, as, as you previously discussed, some of the shoddy editing on the um, the highlight package, um, I couldn't quite tell exactly what he does because I don't. From, it looks like he's just running back into position and catches Pookie out a little bit, and I don't know if it's you know the dark yeah. arts or, or or not. So it's up for debate whether it was a yellow card or not in that first melee. Um, and I mean, in the ground, I, I hadn't a clue what was going on. My eyesight's bad at the best of times, but obviously it was just it was all all in a bit of a shambles. But second one, I mean, it's just soft, isn't it? I mean, it is a foul. I don't know, really. It's it it's one of them, and it? it's like everyone always says that it's not a it's not a second yellow. It's a yellow, but not a second yellow. Almost. I know what you mean. Um, and yeah, it was just a bit of a rubbish way to get sent off. Um, yeah, I don't blame him too much. Sort of thing happens as long as he doesn't make a habit of it. Um, I probably wouldn't have seen it. I don't think he should have been sent off, really. But I, I can see um, I can see the first one being more of a yellow because I think you're right. He's yeah. running back into position, but he does catch him, and yeah. it's needless. He, I thought the second one was, what he was doing with it. I thought the second one was very soft because I think the first challenge he gets the ball and then he barely tugs him, mm. and the guy the guy stops and kind of appeals to the referee. So I think they were looking for it as much as we were looking for it with Handley's second one, right? I know I think I think Handley's bookings were probably both deserved um just because he's got a massive head and there's no brain in there clearly. Um but like he he didn't need to run in and push over NG for the first one. So I think that's probably deserved and the second one he does stamp on the back of Harris's ankle pretty needlessly. But I think NG's second yellow card is probably the softest of the four yellows that led to red cards. But it was just yeah. I think it builds up because he was so soon after the first one. Yeah. It's just you're given the referee's decision, and it's just really shit decision making. Uh, I think it was more, I got more frustrated with it just because we were in control. Of it. it was sort of building up and Norwich putting the pressure on. I'm like, I felt comfortable. The second you get down to 10 men in that situation against a Norwich side that, look, throughout the years, it's become cliche that Norwich score late goals. And I just don't know, just the last thing you want to do is put, just make it that a little bit more difficult. For ourselves so it's just it was just frustrating more than sort of i'm not slagging him out and saying oh he's, he's it's ridiculous he's done he's an idiot and stuff like that. it's just sounds like you are mate <laughs> well, I mean, a bit fucking <laughs> on the referees performance i've i've forgotten how bad the championship referees can be i mean i've yeah. watched a lot, lot of football this season already like in friendlies and and um you know welsh league games and i haven't seen a referee lose control of a game like he did yesterday you know, and he's on the list of Premier League referees. That's what blows my mind. It was absurd. Some of the decisions, uh, yeah, just completely lost, lost track, control of the game completely after that melee, and it was just waiting for another flare up. Really, I just think I think with that that flare uh, that that melee as well, he just didn't do enough to quell it afterwards. Like, no. short, there, there were a lot of players involved, and like you say, if he only if he booked all the Cardiff players and none of the Norwich players, then you haven't taken control of that situation because the Cardiff players are going to feel aggrieved because there was as many Norwich players involved as as there were Cardiff. Mm. Um, like there was one obvious foul in in the corner of the between the grandstand of the Canton, I think, towards the end, and Steve Morrison went absolutely bonkers at that. And it was just, yeah, towards the end of the game, there was just these little 
niggly fouls that he just wasn't given after had yeah. been given them earlier. And I, it was yeah, just showed it showed him up. I think as a poor referee. Very early on, he started started poorly. When I think was it one of the Norwich players basically did a cross like forearm across the back of um, Ojo's head. Just it didn't win the ball. wasn't anywhere close to it. Ojo sort of getting knocked down, and it sort of set the tone from there. Going, oh, it's going to be one of those games. And amazingly, that wasn't the worst decision he made all game. It was just yeah, <laughs> got worse and worse as the game went on. That's what he really, set the tone early. Yeah, it was just it was a level of disappointment very early on, and um, just got worse. We could we could talk. There's another red card we should talk about, which is a former Cardiff City player's red card, um, Lee Tomlin, who is falling from grace quite quickly, um, considering he was Player of the Year with us a couple of years ago. Um, he, I think, everyone would have seen it on on Twitter. Uh, he got sent off for, from what I understand, kicking the ball away twice and then arguing with the referee while he was sat on the floor um, after being stamped on. Um, got a red card. Ben, how enjoyable was that to see? It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's it's nice to see though. I think he's learned a lot from his career, and ha- isn't giving the Doncaster fans like that false hope you get with Lee Tomlin. Mm. He's going straight to calamity and disappointment, which I respect him for because I think it's a lot of false hope, and it sort of saves their Twitter accounts and their podcasts a lot of grief and a lot of questions of what about Tomlin. Now you know, don't do Tomlin because he's a fucking idiot and a waste of space. Because yeah. that red card is just. It's not even, I don't, he dived. He didn't even get stamped on. He dived in front of the referee after kicking the ball away. Then he got sent off and tried getting back in position to stop the free kick being taken. Yeah, I think it shows the measure of the man, really. It's his 11th <laughs> career. I was going to ask you if you knew how many red cards it was. Yeah. 11, yeah. And um, it reminded me a bit of that one in Blackburn away a couple of seasons ago. I think he lost his head. Yeah, just stupid red card, you know. Just unnecessary. And I think, like you said, he'll give that Doncaster fans, he'll start on a zero with them. Whereas I think he showed magic and Cardiff fans were always like, oh, give him another chance. Give him yeah, another yeah. chance. And you, you can't give him another chance because he isn't going to take it. And for, you know, all the, the 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 moments that he can create, he's more of a hindrance. And I think that's where it got to with us, that he, we just needed to get rid. And, we, and thankfully we did. And um, he's League Two and Doncaster's problem now. It's really interesting. Be in league by the end of the season. I'm sure of it. Mm. I think End up back going that like Russian and diamonds, right? Because that's where he started. Was it kidding yeah, yeah, me? diamonds. Yeah. I think if you um if you look at how many games he actually played for us and how much you know he, he played something like 50 games over four or five seasons, and there was just that run in Neil Harris's year, wasn't it? Where he had about 12, mm. 14 games where he was brilliant, got his new contract, and then fell away again completely. And I think that kind of sums up his his whole footballing career, frankly. Um. Of course, uh, one last point on the Norwich game before we move on to the rest of the championship. Um, the second tier pod, we are friends with the second tier pod. Uh, they posted that it was, uh, we hadn't won, we'd only won once on the opening day in nine seasons. Of course, that was the season we got promoted uh, with a 1 0 win over Burton with Kenza Hall scoring the goal. So, Ryan, we're going up. Yeah, without doubt. Announce <laughs> yeah, it good. now. Yeah, announce Premier League. We're already there. Yeah. Um, ben, I, I mean, Looking at the rest of the championship results, um, I think Millwall and Hull currently sit top of the championship because by virtue of scoring two goals uh, in yesterday's results, um, the rest of the wins were all 1-0. There were a lot of nil-nil draws. Um, Not much excitement around the championship yesterday, but is that an indication of how tight and how open, you know, how tight the league will be because everyone's fighting for the same positions and how open the competition is? Because it's anyone's game at this point, isn't it? 
Yeah, I think there's no clear front runners. You can look on paper and say Watford, uh, Norwich and West Brom sort of have the three strongest squads on paper, but Watford are a basket case of a club and just you don't know who's managing one week to the next and what's going on with their players because a lot of them don't look like they want to play championship football. Mm-hmm. West Brom clearly have like just this simmering tension bubbling under with Steve Bruce being at the club and the fans not wanting him and they're not really achieving as they should. Like they they were poor. They won all against Borough, wasn't it? West Brom. Yeah, yeah but they weren't great. Like with this level of players they've got at that, you'd expect them to be doing better. And then obviously Norwich started slow. I do think as poor as Norwich were, I think they'll be up there towards the end of the season. I think they'll click. I don't think it'll be with Smith. I think they'll get someone else in. It will sort of, they'll do that classic Norwich late rise thing and sort of be there or thereabouts. But there's no one other than that you're sort of thinking, Christ, they're going to piss the league. I know it's one one game in, but yeah, there's no one there you're sort of thinking it's a Bournemouth, it's a Newcastle from a few years ago. It's very open and will be a lot of ups and downs for every team this season. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the West Brom situation reminds me a bit of the Mick McCarthy Cardiff situation yeah. in terms of you're just not going to... I think people like Steve Bruce just aren't aren't long for this world anymore in terms of um, football-wise. No. They'll get bailed level. out. Yeah, yeah. They'll get bailed out because they've got a good squad and you have, like, you know, Jed, Jed Wallace assisting John Swift in the championship uh, team of the season for the last three seasons. <laughs> yeah. been in, and now they're both at the same club. So that will get them results. But I don't think any, any of those sides have got enough to go and, you know, win the league by 15, 20 points like some teams have over the last four or five seasons. And I also think down the other end as well, I mean, I think the three teams coming up are pretty solid. I think yeah. Rotherham are probably in the best state they've been coming up since they've been going up and down for the last four years or whatever it is. Hello, uh, Michael Oberfermi, by the way. Hope you're having a great afternoon. Oh, um, my days. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... I think you know we're gonna we're, we're gonna a solid side and um, Sunderland. You know I think they they showed showed today that they they're not gonna really probably touch that bottom three much this season. Mm-hmm. You've got your crisis clubs, Redden and Birmingham, like your token crisis clubs. Um, obviously Birmingham, I think could still be resolved. Could go either way with Birmingham. So I I also think there's no real you know terrible sides in the league. So it is going to be very close. Um, and any team could be dragged into either side of the table, I think, with a bad run of form. So we've just got to make sure we're keeping our heads above the water for as long as possible. Um, to, to continue drawing parallels, parallels in 2017, 2018, Ryan, obviously that that opening seven or eight games, which we basically won, we beat big teams like Villa, you know, we had Nathaniel Mendes Lang on flames in that first kind of five or six games. That was the difference, wasn't it, that year? We, we started so well that we opened up a gap between us. Mm. We beat Norwich yesterday. We've got Reading coming up this week, which we'll talk about in more detail later. They're winnable games, right? So how important yeah. is that first 10 games as a block of games to get good results in to, to set the tone? Massively, because... I think that allowed us to have a poor Christmas. And it, yeah. do you know what I mean? Because I think you, you, we had a great start and we had a great finish. And I think there was a few points in the middle where there was doubt. So I think instead of making it harder for ourselves later on, where we have to go on like a massive run to get anywhere in the league, and I'm not talking about promotion. I think we're still, I think we'll get yeah. onto it later. We're, we're not in that conversation yet. I mean, I'm, I'm open to us being in the conversation <laughs> by all means. But I think... Yeah, get up ahead of steam, I think, is a real weird mixture of games in this first sort of six or seven. We've got promotion favourites in Norwich and West Brom. Um, and then we've got, like, really good 
probably solid championship sides who will be in the um, the playoff conversation, like Luton and Preston. And then yeah. you've got sides like Reading and Bristol City who are probably going to be in the 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 lower part of the table. So you know, it's it is a nice mixture. And if we can go and get a decent start and and you know keep, like I said earlier, keep our heads above the water for as long as possible, then you know who knows where the season um, may take us. Yeah, and I think you know. Ryan, last time you were on the podcast, we've already touched upon it already. You you used the podcast as a bit of a therapy session. Mm. Um, and now you're back again today. Uh, a welcome did. return. Um, I guess it's, it's, it's a good chance to take stock because that was only six, seven months ago. It was yeah. in j- January time. Obviously, Morrison was was working his magic in the in the transfer market, but things the club in itself, it wasn't in a great state. Um, so I just want to give you the opportunity um, yeah. to, if there's anything that you want to get off your chest now related <laughs> to Cardiff City, and then we can talk about that difference and how much more positive yeah. it is. So let's start with the bad. Is there anything that you want to rant about now? Use as a therapy session. The floor is yours for a minute or so. Um, I see Mehmet Dalman's crawled out from under his shed, uh, under, under the rock he lives over the last week or so and done a couple of interviews with a few <laughs> yeah. outlets. Um, the less said, I mean, talk about a way to ruin the start of the season for me. I listened to the, pod- <laughs> listened to the podcast he was on on Thursday night and I listened to... Um, BBC Radio Wales with Ben. I thought you, you know, you you were the main event after Thank the you. opening Thank act you. of, of Mehmet Dalman. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, he's a um, good MC for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just an arrogant man, and and just clear like I, I, I oh, honestly, I don't want to don't want to make this pod too negative, but I just think that the sooner he's out of the, he is the problem, not him essentially, but the way the club is being run that is going to yeah. hold us back. There is, you know, people are saying it's great where we are now, but we shouldn't be where we are now having to rebuild because the last 10 years have been, it's been a waste, essentially. You know, we had one season in the Premier League and the other one was a complete sort of fluke that that Warnock got us there. So, look, the jury's out on on the team at the moment. I think it's in the best shape it's been in, in, in a generation, probably. The manager seems to be the right choice. Um, it probably wasn't their choice to begin with. Yeah. Um, as as you know, he made it clear, but I think he is a danger, Dalman, and um, danger Dalman. Gotta, I like that. Yeah, we've got to be we've got to be cautious of him because he couldn't answer some of those questions, and he's supposed to be the man who's in charge of the club. Yeah, um, I found that very odd. And I mean, like, I think at one point on the BBC interview he did, um, Ian Hunt asked him whether he sees the young players as sort of assets to be sold for a profit yeah. or um, to be part of a squad that's going to challenge for the Premier League. He immediately just said, that's a rubbish question. I don't think it is a rubbish question. No. I, and I think... I think it's a very said, fair question. Yeah, I think it is. And and it, and, and it also shows what, where we are as a club and what the club wants to be, essentially, which is what we haven't had for a long time. We've now got... Hopefully we've got a bit of a... Um, identity on the pitch but I don't think we've got an identity too much off the pitch and I think the way he answered that question I think he said um, it's definitely the latter which is he sees them as being part of a team you know to take us to the Premier League and if anything surely any young player it should be a mixture of them, them both of course because you know every player has a ceiling unless uh, you're um, Liverpool or Real Madrid, they're going to outgrow your football team if if yeah. they're good enough. And if Ruben Colwell, for example, goes on and has a cracking season this season, and I really hope he does, the likelihood is he's going to outgrow us because yeah. he's he clearly has got talent, and if he can show it, 
then he's he, his career, you know, will will be further ahead. Same as look at Aaron Ramsey when he was with us. Yeah. So they've got to be sellable assets, and they're a great way to make money. Look at the way Swansea have done their business over the years. How many players they brought through the academy and structured their whole recruitment policy on, you know, bringing through players, having a good couple of seasons, and selling them on for really good profits. So you know, as much as I'd love Ruben Colwell to be with us forever, if he's as good as we think he's going to be, he will outgrow us unless we somehow end up as a top ten Premier League side in the next four or five seasons. So. I thought that was disappointing. And there was just a few things. And I, I don't know. I just don't think he's, he doesn't get the club. He doesn't get the city. He doesn't get the fans. Um, I don't think he gets the culture. Yeah. And I think that's where we, that is the last piece of this jigsaw. Now, if this team is going to yeah, crack, is, if this team is going to crack on and, you know, all I'm asking for this season is progress. I, I'm not, you know, a playoff push would be an absolute bonus. I want progress. I mean, yesterday was 100% progress, but we need a culture now. And I think they need to be able to, I still think, you know, the, the fact we still got that horrific badge we've got, mm-hmm. you know, I think not enough people are still talking about that. Um, there's so many things identity-wise with the club. And I think that's that's what we fell in love with Cardiff City for, because we had this identity, you know, 20, 25 years ago when we all started watching. Um, and that's what we need to find now, because otherwise you know, on the pitch, it won't quite feel as special. Like the, prem- the first promotion to the Premier League under Malky, it didn't, does, we don't look back on it. No, you know, it feels in, tainted, doesn't it? It does feel tainted. And I think that is the last piece of the jigsaw now. And I think, unfortunately, without a change of ownership, and I know the grass isn't always greener, if you look at the type of person who buys a football club, yeah, they're, ne- they're never, um, you know, Good not people, top tier, yeah. Good, top tier good people. people don't tend to have plenty of money and um, have best intentions at heart. But I just think the club need to do more, and I think Dalman is a bit of a... Um, it's an obstacle. A, yeah, he is an obstacle, and I just think he will hold us back. Um, but that's my rant of the day done. Um, Football-wise, I came on the podcast last January. I think we just lost to Bristol City. It was a week before Steve Morrison brought any players in. And he'd been in the job, what, two, three months at the time? And yeah, I felt it was. He like, came in October, November, didn't he? Yeah, it and I felt weird. like he hadn't done shown any progression on the pitch. I don't think he was really trying to get us to play too different. And I thought we'd missed the sort of the bounce that a new manager gave us. And then obviously a couple of weeks later, he'd brought in, had a really, really good window, all things considered, and changed. And I think now looking at it, how much deadwood we had, you know. Yeah. We, no, one, no one's watching that game yesterday going, Bloody wish Marlon Packer come off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, where's Aiden I mean? Flint? Yeah, where's Aiden Flint when you need him? So, you know, maybe I'd said a few things about Steve Morrison at the time. You know, it was not long after the Isaac Davis debacle. Oh, God, um, yeah. Jury's out on him as a bloke. I mean, <laughs> but I don't necessarily want a best mate to be managing Cardiff City. I want a good football manager. So, um, and since then, it's been positive. There was moments last season where it wasn't, but now he's... He's been able to put his um, stamp, and what a stamp it is, um, on the team. I bet he stamps really um, hard. Really, really hard on that team. Knows, so. knows, yeah, knows the pressure <laughs> points on your leg and really gets, yeah. the, gets his studs in there. <laughs> and, and I think, like you mentioned earlier about um, everyone knew their role. I feel like the recruitment has been phenomenal because every single signing we've made, you know where he, they're going to fit in. It's like yeah. over the summer, he was like, right, we're going to play 4-3-3, and I want 
this type of person in that position. I want this type of player in that position. I want the instead of going who's available, who can we bring in and build a team out of it. He's gone. These are the type of players I want, and then gone and found those type of players. Yeah. And I think that is the key to good recruitment because the last time we had a massive turnover in players was probably after. Um, the first Premier League season under Solskjaer. And that yeah. was the most scattergun, um, even he the January signed- of Solskjaer, he just signed all his mates, yeah, all, all his agents, players. And it was like, okay, we've got all these, we had about seven strikers on the books. Yes. And, right, hang on. And they're all different types of strikers. And it was like, well, what are we going to do? And no one knew. And then, I mean, half of them ended up getting their contracts mutually Released. terminated. So, you know, and if, if, if from this batch, we can, we can sell some for a profit, uh, if we can have a few club legends, because you know, when was the last time we signed a player? You know that was going to be you could see being at the club for you know ten seasons. It was probably Sean Morrison. So yeah. we, I, I, that's players Even like that. No yeah, I mean, people written wrote off Morrison. I was definitely one of them early doors. You know, I don't think he was good enough at the time, and thankfully he came good. Um, and I think that that's what you want from recruitment. I think he's nailed it. So. Hats off, Steve Morrison. I'm sorry, um, but um, I guess the real test is when it goes bad this season, because it will go bad. There will be a. There's going to be moments, isn't there? And there's going to be mo- 100%. It's how yeah. we react to those moments now that's yeah. going to be the telling thing. And I think, I think he's built a resilient squad, as you say. He's built these players who know their roles and know how to play, and we've got a system in place. Like I think yeah. one of the things I've noticed in in preseason and through the game yesterday is that players know where players should be on the pitch. So there was that mm. moment in in the Swindon game where. O'Dowd had got to the byline and put a ball where there didn't seem to be anyone, but Waters came in and ran onto it. And it's like, that's what you see from really good teams is they know where the yeah. players are going to be, what areas they're going to be attacking and where to put the ball. And I think that's the the key thing that he's brought in with these players as well is the, uh, an actual style of football and a way of playing. Yeah. And we've got options now as well because, yeah. and it's it's the first time in, in, in years that I, I quite fancy going to the Portsmouth Cup game. Because, yeah, to see some of those other players. Because he will play almost an entirely different 11 and not necessarily a second 11 because, you know, a lot of these players could well... That 11 yesterday, I'm sure, may not look the same on the last day of the season. You know, you've got Alan Wick in goal. We can see what he's made of. Obviously, this new lad from Villa um, could well, you know, stake a claim in the first team. We've got about a million midfielders who are going to... Yeah. You know, I want to see more of Tom Sang. I want to see more of Eli King. Um, so, yeah, it's really exciting that... We've got options. And because um, before it was like, oh, he's going to play. I'm trying to even think of who we had as a, you know, in the cup. I don't know, Will Vokes is going to start and it's going to be. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? As much it's as I love Will. Will Vokes, Greg Halford. Yeah. And uh, Omar Bogle up top with Lowe. <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. 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 God, it's the place. It shows how far we've come, really, doesn't it? Um. Yeah, because if you look at the bench yesterday, you can see Gavin White, Curtis Nelson, Ollie, you know, Ollie Tanner in the cup. That's going to be exciting because Ollie Tanner is this yeah. absolutely blistering 19-year-old from the non-leagues who is a completely different type of footballer we've had in years. Because like yeah. he's direct, he runs at people, he knows one way of playing, and that's running to the byline. And that's an old school winger that we haven't had in years, not since the days of probably Paul Parry. Mm, exactly. Yeah, so it is exciting and yeah. Full credit to Steve Morrison and the recruitment department for, for what they've done so I far. I think you made a good point with the Portsmouth game. I know we're not previewing that just yet, but it's not just the players that can be different. I think we will pro- might see a different system. Mm. I think yeah. purely to try it out. It's another chance to try it out in a, in a game with that sort of thing. And that's really exciting as well. It's not one-dimensional. It's just very fluid and lots of options. And 
it really highlights how well this recruitment's been done by the team there. Because yeah, it's the bench you're sort of looking. You, you're not you've not got those obvious subs this season. You're not looking at it going. Last year, I think we if if it was on the bench, you're looking. He's probably going to take off striker, bring God, on a midfield, yeah. t- take take off a midfielder, and one of the wingers or one of the fullbacks come off. And it was very like when you've got the preset subs on FIFA that basically felt like what we do for the last all of that season. Whereas I know it's yesterday, like yesterday was sort of a bit of an anomaly with the red card and stuff. But you could look at those with those five subs, and you could go, "Oh, there's options there of different things depending on how the game goes." And it's up to good game management. Then it sort of highlights how good Steve will be going forward of how he uses those subs and how he uses options to see how he's progressing as a manager. Yeah, I think yesterday, if, if things have been different, it would have been nice to have seen Tanner right to come on and attack the game and all this kind of stuff. But it just means that you know we're leaving talent like that on the bench and um that's just a, like you say last year there was you, you knew what subs were going to be made and when and you knew that even the subs coming on weren't really going to improve the team they weren't going to change mm. the way we played because they were all you know our first team was pretty dross you know we still, still have people like Marlon Pack who weren't playing at that point but like if Marlon Pack comes off the bench no offense to Marlon Pack um but he's a sedentary footballer who passes it backwards and sideways he doesn't he's not very dynamic is he um Ben, I think you're here most weeks. Um, obviously, Ryan came in in January and, and, and had a therapy session with us and he's back now, but it's more positive. It's incredible to see on a footballing side of things, obviously there's the you know off the field stuff with standing, in six or seven months, just how far and how much it's changed under Morrison's management, right? It's a motivation to go watch the football again, isn't it? Because like for a lot of the last two years, we've spoke about how going It's hard to, to watch, watch last year. It was a chore. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. fun. Like there was a reason we were skipping podcasts, and it wasn't just because, like, we had personal stuff with like a lot of stuff going on in life. It was just, well, what are we going to talk about? Nothing happened of interest. We've said the same thing six hundred times. Stuff yeah. needs to change. The change has happened, and it sort of reinvigorated my love for it all because I wasn't enjoying it. I got flack on Twitter for saying I'd rather go watch Wales than watch Cardiff. And based off yesterday, it's coming a lot closer that I enjoyed watching Cardiff again. And that's what yeah. I want. I want to, if I'm going to spend money to go watch football, I want to enjoy it. I don't necessarily think this idea of it's it's an entertainment thing we should be entertained. Sometimes it's going to be a grim game and you're going to have to watch those games. But for the most part, I want to come away and feel like I've enjoyed it and it was worth my time, not go away going, fuck me, I could have done anything else better than that. I've got a porch, yeah. I've got like a garden that needs pressure washing, for instance. Just well, I re- anything. One, during one of the Swansea games, I'm sure I think it was the, the one down at their place, I literally painted my living room instead of watching it because I knew it was going to be so bad. I obviously had it on in the background, but I was just like, watching paint dry would have been better than watching Cardiff City in that game. Uh, think, and it was right. I think that goes back to the culture point as well, because yeah. um, I think even if we're not playing well, if, you, if there's still that culture about the club, like Wales is now, I think you know, if Wales, the results don't work for Wales, people are still going to turn up in numbers and have a good exactly. time because people want to go to the game and enjoy it. And I think that's where that culture thing is important. So when it is bad, people stick with it because last season there was, you know, moments where it was just, you know, what was the point? And there were better things to do. And I think what the pandemic has done is it gave people other things to do on Saturdays. It reevaluated yes. their priorities, didn't it? Yeah, and people's priorities changed. And I think a lot of people who stood around me last season um, didn't come back. Oh, this, in previous seasons, didn't come back last season. Uh, we had to move because we, I mean, there were some great people stood around, stood around us. But, the you know, the, our mates who were originally, there was like 10 of us, is down to four of us. We've moved to another group of mates because people had just stopped going because 
things change and it wasn't worth coming back. So hopefully results can do that. And, and you know, if we can get a good run going by this time October comes around and September, October comes around and we're in a good position, then fingers crossed we can start getting those 24, 25,000 crowds that we should at least be getting in the championship. Yeah, I think I was we were four, four highest the attendance team. in the championship yesterday. Sorry, just to cut across. 19,969. So fourth mm. highest attendance. That's a good platform to build on. You go ahead, Ben. Sorry. I was really surprised we didn't break the 20K, though. Norwich bought a decent following. I thought they could have bought a few more. But I just thought for certain, there's still areas that need to be addressed. The family stand, there's issues there. Yeah. It's half full at yeah. best. And more needs to be done to sort of encourage young kids to come in. The grandstand is an embarrassment of how scattered that is and why more is not being done to sort of try and get people in there and sort of encourage people there. it's 30 quid a ticket that's a big issue with it in the grandstand yeah. 30 quid a ticket for a slightly better entrance it's not an attractive proposition I, it's stuff there's stuff there the club can do to improve those sort of areas and sort of make it just feel a bit yeah. more because an incentivize people to come especially in the family stand because it looks so bad you've got a packed away following and that family stand just looks bare I was going to say, surely it's as it's, it's simple as just lowering ticket prices 10 quid, right? You just need to make it accessible as possible and get more people in the ground because surely a 20 quid ticket is better than not selling a ticket. Surely having 5,000 people, extra people in a 20 quid a ticket is better than having no extra people. Like, surely it's logical, right? But yeah. I don't know what's stopping the club from doing that. And I don't know, you know, we, we're very good because, at reciprocating well, because, things. Because like there's that. no one at the club who's got the nouse to do it by the sound yeah. of it. You know, and I we spoke to, and, and a lot has been said about, you know, um, Yusuf who did the mural in, in Cardiff Bay. And how the club just don't do outreach to schools. They got yeah, like Fitz Allen High Fitz Allen High School's on their doorstep and the club yeah. don't go there, which is insane. The amount of people yeah. who live in Canton and Bootown and Grangetown, that they just they just and one because they are poorer areas of Cardiff. So one, they can't afford 30 quid tickets every week. So there has to be something to be done because that is the you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna grow as a club, we can't just do it on the pitch. We've got to do it off the pitch. And yeah, I think I think that's the key. That's, the, um, that's the, the funny thing is, is obviously I, I grew up in Canton. I grew, went to Lansdowne Primary School, which again is, you know, Fitzalan's on the doorstep of Lansdowne. We used to go play mm. PE. We do our PE lessons in that um, Fitzalan because we didn't have a field in our school. We had Cardiff City coaches come and coach us and give us free tickets. We had not weekly, but bi-weekly sessions with Cardiff City coaches who would come in in their training gear, train us for an hour after school and then give us tickets to the games. And it turned, you know, I, I was always going with my dad anyway, but it just solidified. Yeah. My love for it. If you're someone who, like you say, lives in one of those areas, you might see the ground but have never gone there because your parents don't think to take you or whatever it is. But if someone came to your school and went, "Here's a free ticket," you're going to go, mm. and it's going to that, that creates a fan then or creates a, a a relationship there that wasn't there before. So I, I know there is a community function, and I think they do do good some good stuff, but I think it's missing some of that basic stuff, which is literally just going to your local schools and saying yeah. we're here. Understood. But I think the issue is the foundation is so far apart from the actual club. I think that's a huge issue is they sort of not run alongside each other to benefit the club. It's, I think the foundation, and there's a lot of stuff foundation do that do brilliant, brilliant things, but they just don't, there seems to be, there's no communication between the two. It comes as close as sort of every now and again, the club will send a GoPro down there with a presenter, film something, edit it poorly, stick it on YouTube and sort of hope that's enough content to sort of encourage people to get involved mm. with that sort of side. It is just as simple as no one's no one's going to get annoyed that a bunch of kids are going for free. No. I don't think there's any supporter that's going to care about that. And if they're worried about, oh, we're devaluing the, 
the average cost if we do a tenner promotion every now and again for season ticket holders that they miss out they don't get as good value i don't think people are that asked really i don't think i'm ever looking at my game and trying to work on a spreadsheet going oh well if they do at this price my season ticket isn't quite as good as value as it could have been but i think what the red kit did was and this comes back to the that tainted season the red kit took away three years of people supporting that people walked away from the club mm. and that took away a generation of football fans because if those people had had kids they would start taking them to the games and all of a sudden you've lost I, I don't know how many season tickets they lost in that time or people who turned away from that time but you're skipping a generation of your, your next fans basically and I think we're still recovering from that really aren't we yeah. like there's there's still an element of, of people who are still and, and then the pandemic has obviously impacted it as well but there are two two events there that have just impacted the fact that there's probably that next generation of fans who aren't coming through like they should be and I think you still see loads of kids at games and stuff you know I know parents in Cardiff who are who I went to school with who were taking their kids to games and turning them into fans but there should be more of that and then there should be the outreach to to get their classmates like if, mm. if it's a class of 30 people only two or three people going to games then that's 27 people you should be trying to get to games. 100%. I've seen more kids wearing Cardiff City shirts across South Wales than I ever have before, Same which is here, great. Honest. And that's it's showing like stuff's happening the right way and sort of people are reacting, sort of getting involved with the club. But I don't think that's who the club's doing. I think it's more generational and sort of fans encouraging fans more than the club doing out, going out and sort of encouraging these fans to get involved. And that's a huge issue. Yeah. And, Ryan's ran about sort of the way the club's run and sort of those. I don't necessarily agree with changing ownership. I think Tan being as like just chucking money in and being as far away as possible, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. The people, so, yeah. It's the day to day running that sort of we've called for an issue and sort of there's been an issue. And it like look, things are going well on the pitch and the football side of things running well for the first time in ten in in years. But look, this far until those guys go, nothing's going to change as far as that goes. And there's a lot of dead, like we've cleared up the deadwood in the squad. There's a lot of deadwood behind the scenes of that club that have been there far too long that really need to change. And like there was um, the podcast they mentioned about Steve Borley's comments about Tan signing players. Mm. And Darwin goes, yeah, I'll need to ask Steve about that when I speak to him next. Like that interview was like just not joined eight up, weeks ago. Yeah. Eight yeah. weeks ago that interview was. They're directors and they've not spoke to each other since. That's yeah. fucked up, that is. Yeah. Yeah, it's not joined up at all. Um, Give us the jobs, Cardiff City. Yeah, yeah, it's three of us here. Tom Phillips can come in. We'll bring bring our own team in. Come on, man. Yeah, come Come on, on. easy. Um, I'll be chairman. Yeah, we'll just drop. All right, then. So (laughs) us three, we get the call tomorrow. You've got Vincent Tan. He goes, lads, heard the podcast. You're in. You all get to pick your job. Ryan, you want to be chairman? I think so, yeah. I I want all the power. I'll I'll turn it into a dictatorship, I think. Yeah, Ben? Well, I think after seeing how many times it took me to get that graphic right for the uh, predictions, <laughs> Not- I, th- I think it's clear that I need to be head of media. <laughs> um, I would, I'd probably go, I'd probably put for head of comms or like chief of operations, yeah, something man. like that. Yeah. CEO, I'll be CEO. Yeah. No one's yeah. got, no one's got the director of football mouse about them. No. Oh, God, no, mate. No, I, I'm used <laughs> to football. Man- maybe you, because you're football manager, man. Well, yeah, Jam Lou Collins, if there's anything to go by, then uh, then maybe football manager is the way forward to, for, for future recruitment. There we I go. I want to be CEO because I don't know what they actually do. <laughs> that seems like... <laughs> no, well, to no, be fair, chairman or CEO, I mean, what... What is, what the difference? Do do? What is it? Yeah, what does Dalman do on a day-to-day basis? Anyway, I think we should probably talk about football, probably. <laughs> Dalman tries I've, to I've derailed this part again. <laughs> nice! Like I said, therapy session. We welcome you back. We had to give yeah. you the floor for a therapy session. <laughs> but we should 
like it's a hard segue, but I don't know how else we can do it. Let's move on to rumours. Um, yes. Talking about the football side of things. So, um, Ben, yesterday uh, it was mentioned on the radio um, that a certain lanky northeast striker was signing for Cardiff. It has been proven. It has been told that it's not happening. Um, there's a few journalists who are very uh, concrete on the fact that it's not happening. But Andy Carroll was linked. Ben, just for the purpose of discussing it, would you have taken Andy Carroll on a paper paper play basis? No. Um, I thought about it in my head then I was trying to justify him coming in and being like yeah yeah it'll be fine it'll be fine but it won't be fine will it it'll be shit it'll be Ricky Lambert 2.0 and yeah. all be annoyed and it'll put a taint on sort of what's been a really really good window it's not the right move for him it's not the right the right move for us as, Brian as soon, do you agree? yeah as soon as I saw the rumour I knew it wouldn't be true because it doesn't fit, does it? Yeah, it doesn't fit with with how we've been operating so far, and I just think it's an easy rumor for for um, you know the papers to trot out. You know, big man Andy Carroll goes to long ball yeah. merchants, Cardiff City. It's it's easy, isn't it? It's, it's an easy one. So, um, and I'm sure probably Andy Carroll's agent might have something to do with it as well. So, I didn't take any notice of it. I you know I I don't think it, it's worth worrying about, and and I by the sounds of it, you know, with the right people are saying it's not going to happen. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll trust them. There's not, there's, there's been a, I think maybe, maybe it's been taken so seriously, Ryan, because there has been a dearth of other rumours. Like we're not being linked with players. Like, I don't know whether this is a good or bad yeah. We're not being linked with players like we once were, right? There was always years ago, 10 years ago, we were linked with every player under the sun. James Vaughan was coming. He, he signed mm. for us. Dirk Coit was sending his kids to Howells, all that kind of stuff. That doesn't seem to happen anymore, does it? So these rumours are taken probably more seriously because we're looking to fill a gap. Yeah. I, I mean, I love the fact that sometimes we'll just sign someone and I'm like, like the, the lad who came in from Villa the other day, I've already yeah. forgotten his name, to be honest. Um, I had no idea that was happening. And they're the best ones. I just look at my phone and I've got a notification from Carlos City Twitter. Carlos like, signed someone, yeah. We were about to sign someone. I was like, ooh, okay, this is fun. Um, and that's, they're, 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 they're great. And I think that, I mean, it also tells you about where we're shopping is because the rumours tend to be about notable players because they get clicks, don't they? So, um, yeah. I'm more than happy to be going under the radar with all our signings. Um, and Andy Carroll um, can stay away for as long as he, as long as possible. Uh, that's a bit of players, Philogene Bidace. Um, I don't know if I'm saying Philogene that correctly. Bidace. But, um, Jaden Bidace. Um, ben, I, I think on the Dalman interview, he talked about signing of two strikers, uh, one of them potentially for money. Um, you know, what is, wasn't his game yesterday, but I'm still intrigued to see what he does. Do you think we need a striker by the Reading game? Do you think we're desperate for someone to come in? I don't think we're desperate. Look, um, I think any striker playing in that role yes, yesterday would struggle. It wasn't an easy game. Um, and look, what is, his, what is his a good player? He deserves his run in the team, but we do need another striker. But it's not a desperate thing of going, oh, Christ, we need a striker in by Saturday. Yeah. Let's take our time with this and sort of make sure we get the right person in. Let's not ruin this recruitment. Let's not do something stupid like signing Andy Carroll. Take the time, get the right player in, make sure he fits, make sure he suits the system, do the due diligence that sort of has gone on throughout this window and since Steve Morrison seemingly at the club because he's not got a lot wrong since. So I trust him to get someone in and there's no desperate, desperate rush. We've still got a month, right? The transfer window is open for another month. Um, it's not even August yeah. yet. The season started, so everything's, I think, I think it's even September 3rd as well. I don't even Oh, think really? I think it's September 3rd off the top of my head. Um, um, so, Ryan, have you yeah. got any eyes on any strikers you, you like the look of? Look, I, I think, based off yesterday, our front three is going to be the difference between 
mid-table and pushing for the playoffs. And I think I think defensively we look great, midfield looked great. And I just think there was just that little lack of, you know, that we didn't create any chances really other than, mm-hmm. you know, Sawyer's, some would say, fluky goal. Um, Waters, I don't think he touched the ball in the first half. I'm all for giving people a chance. Um, and I think Waters' game is, he's a six-yard striker, isn't he? He's in and around the box. He's, he's yeah. a finisher. And he didn't have any chance to do that yesterday, which when that doesn't happen, it does. It makes him look like he's not doing much. Definitely. And then Mark Harris comes on and he's a very different striker. He's an outside-of-the-box striker. He likes to drop deep link-up play. And I think we looked a bit more uh, fluid when he came on because he was it because he was doing what, what Waters wasn't. But then you stick him in the box and I don't think, he's going to score as many goals as Waters does. So I think... We need a combo of the two. You need a combo of the two. And I think that's where we need to go shopping now, with someone who can do that link of play. Um, And I think they're both great options to have. Um, I just think we just need... I don't even necessarily think we need two strikers. I think that might be overdoing it, especially with um, Isaac Davis coming back and Carl, who could probably do a job at least out wide. Um, I think both of them we've almost slept on a little bit because they were massive for us last season and hopefully will be massive for us again this season and I think for many th- years to come. I think that's it. I think I just forget because they're injured, but Morrison did mm. say in his press conference this week, he was like, we're desperate for him to come back and we don't want to rush them because they're going to be important players for us this year, which suggests that, you know, I think one of the things that I was worried about with, the, with this recruitment was that a lot of the younger players just get dropped down the pecking order because yeah. you've all of a sudden got the ready-made players ahead of them. But that's encouraging that Isaac Davis and Ruben Colwell are going to be in his thoughts for the first team. Um, yeah. On your point about Max Waters, um, 60 minutes he played yesterday. I think he had 14 touches in attack, uh, two defensive recoveries, and that was about it. Eight mm. out of 10 accurate passes. Um I don't want to criticise him because, like you say, it just wasn't his game and, you know, it probably didn't work out for him yesterday, but um, that is a a stark representation of his game yesterday. Um, and I think in a game when you play a team like Norwich, who, who I'd be interested, I don't actually know what the possession stats were yesterday, but I mean, like a team like Norwich do like having the ball. 55-45, yeah. Oh, so Norwich. not a dom- they dominated the ball marginally then. And I just think we needed someone to be pressing them and Harry and their defenders, and I don't think Waters does that. But... If a ball drops in the within you know twelve yards, he's going to put it in the back of the net, and yeah. you can't you can't dismiss that that um, that type of striker. So yeah, I don't think it really suited his game yesterday, um, but I definitely don't think we should write him off and 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 put him on the trash heap like some people are probably suggesting. It's yeah. all about options, isn't it? I think Absolutely. you look at every part of this squad; it's all about options and sort of finding the thing that fits for that certain game, because it's. We've said about the championship being very difficult this year, and each game's going to be completely unique. There's, it's not like there's a set way of teams playing in the championship. It's not like everyone sort of ticky tacka passing ball. There's a lot of press, there's a lot of counter attack teams. You've just got to find the right person for the right thing. And I think we need someone, another striker who comes and offers something a bit different to what Harris does and what Waters does. I think we'd be looking quite tasty then because I don't think any player is going to get 20 goals for us this season. The goals are going to be spread about throughout yeah. the team. I think like you could quite comfortably see an Ojo chipping in with eight or nine. You could quite comfortably see an Odell yeah. picking up four or five. It's, it's going to be sort of similar to what we've had in the past of... The goal again, it's, it's that, that promotion year, isn't it? Where we had yeah. Sahor, Patterson, Hoyler all scoring nine or ten each. Um, and then yeah. Rowles, Morrison pitching in with six or seven. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we're going up. Yeah, I mean, realistically, you're not going to pluck a 30 goal striker out of nowhere, are you? You know, yeah. they, they cost money, and unless you can go and get 
you know, dare I say it, like a Joel, a Joel Piro out of nowhere, and he comes good, excellent. But for every Joel Piro, there's a Robert Glatzel that doesn't work. So um, I'd kill for him in this side. I'd fucking yeah. kill for him. I mean, yeah, that's I yeah, that's it. It was probably a wrong, a good sign at the wrong time. Um, I think so. Fred Goodonby. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, he's another Idris one. Idris yeah, Sardi yeah. was the other one. Yeah, Christ. Do we just it, we... strike Javi Guerra? <laughs> yeah, go on. Go on, just carry on. Stri- strikers well, you, yeah. you mentioned the Solskjaer strikers. The in my head, I was trying yeah. to reel off who was Berg had. Staller. Berg Staller. God. Uh, Frederick Makeda. Lafondra. Makeda. Jo- Joe Ingerbergert. Joe Ingerbergert. Yeah. God, Berget. I forget him. He barely yeah. played for it. Zaha, even, when he came yeah. in that year. But that's the thing. Magnus Bolt-Eikram. He was just a midfielder, but still... We just struggle with strikers, don't we, at Cardiff? Yeah. Since Bothroyd, we've only had Kiefer Moore, who scored a decent amount of goals. And, yeah. you know, Kiefer Moore only had that one season, which none of us saw. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'd kill for Kiefer Moore on this side. I think he would be yeah. would be really, really great. But unfortunately, who knows? Get him on loan in January if he doesn't work out in the Premier League. Well, they've got a nice big mural of him up at Bournemouth now because he scored the promotion winning goal. Of course, season, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think they're, they're still in love with him, so maybe not just yet. Yeah. Um, and again, another another about turn as we go to the Twitter questions. Um, I, 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 I tweeted last night, I logged on Twitter last night, and there was so much positivity on Twitter, and I think it's carried on through some of the Twitter comments we've had. So I'll just run through these now. Uh, Frag Donuts, been a City fan since the Dave Jones days, but this was my first year as a season ticket holder. I was approaching my seat today, and who's sitting behind him? Any guesses from the lads who's sitting behind him? I did see this tweet, and it was my worry about moving seats as well. Ben, who do you think sat behind him? Um, uh, I've not seen it, but it's not who I think it is. Uh, it's one and only Die Hunt. Yeah. He said oh, it's going to be a long season. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I I turned up to the Cambridge friendly, and he was sat in front of me. It was bad <laughs> enough watching in Leckwith. Um, But yeah, I moved seats, and that was my worry. And then I thought, I'm sure he sits in the Ninian stand. And then he does. Uh, at the end of the game, he sits in the cant and he was one block over from me. Oh my god! So I mean, no, I didn't. Thankfully, he so he must have. I thought he was in the Ninian stand. But, he was uh, in one one two or one one three in the Ninian. It's mad how we know where he yeah. sits. I used to know where he sat in the bob bank because he'd always have a, 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 a he in the middle and then empty seats around yeah. it where people had spread out. <laughs> some some cracking tweets about his behaviour outside um, the the players' entrance. Oh I no, I've seen this. Yeah, reprimanding um, Delia Smith for a while, and uh, I think he shouted Shea Yojo at Romain Sawyer's. So, oh no, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember. Not years the great, not, ago. <laughs> not a great start of the season from Diver. When we signed Ricky Shimaker all those years ago at Ninian Park, he, he sang yeah. out the players' entrance there. He would introduce the players to his mates. You got, like Die Hunt would get Ricky, Ricky. This is John, John, Ricky. And it's like Ricky Shimmick is just like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Very handsome man, Ricky Shimmick, by the way. Um, Great player. Simbo Morgs, superb. And what a change in style from City. That's how to make a statement in a season to come, too. A shame the ref never got a hold on the game. We're still desperate for a striker, but I'm sure that's in hand. Up the F in Bluebirds. Hashtag plucky eighth minimum. Uh, Sam Hill, cracking team performance. Morris and his staff deserve a huge credit for the overhaul of players and a positive start to the transitional season of the new kind of city. I did predict plucky eighth, but with more performances like that, sixth place beckons. Positive vibes everywhere. Um, Isaac Watkins, Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins looked sexier than a Jamie Dodger out there today. Uh, Ryan, as a, a man who signed Jamie Lou Collins in the past, yep. do you agree with that statement? Yeah, look, he took me to the Premier League with Cardiff City and he was my left back in the Premier League for the first two seasons. So, you know, if he can even 
even um, do half of that, then I'd be very pleased. Um, and, you know, the Jammy Dodger, I think, has had its heyday. I don't think it, it's the biscuit it once was. Um, but he's definitely better than a Jammy Dodger. Absolutely. Uh, ben, any other players you want to compare to a biscuit while we're here? Um, Wintles, the chocolate hobnob. Very versatile, solid. very hard work. I've got, a, I've got a hot take on Ryan Wintles, if anyone wants it. <laughs> Go on. Do you think he's underrated? underrated? He's really <laughs> underrated. <laughs> uh, it's just like every week. And I think people are still doing it now. Wintle he was so good. Overlooked just... in that midfield. But he's, yeah. he's just come to the fore now as such a good yeah. footballer. I, he's just that... But like, to... people, were, people were saying it in the stand by me, just going... <laughs> like, there's just lads chatting, just going... Uh, Wintle sort of especially in that first half he was everywhere just fantastic and everyone's yeah. sort of going god Wintle the ball again he's so underrated I'm just <laughs> pissing myself just because it's become such a trope I think it's because he plays in like such a um, such a position where he doesn't flourish like in terms of like attacking and he does all the little simple things and I think it goes it I guess to the to the layman die. Yeah, to the yeah. If 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 I if I brought someone along who wasn't much of a football fan, they probably wouldn't pick Wintle out as being a great player after the game. So I think if people who do watch football a lot, they're the sort of players that that you think are fantastic. You know, it's it's like Liverpool Liverpool people who watch Liverpool and don't rate Jordan Henderson. Yeah, yeah. That, you know that sort of thing where he's not he's not trendy and he's not flashy, but he he's just so effective. He's so effective and. He will be our he will be our player of the season this season, regardless I, of who we bring in or anything else. He will be our player of the season. I don't know who it was on Twitter, but I saw someone just say he's a mop because he just yeah. sweeps up everything, which is perfect. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's amazing, really, that Mick McCarthy signed him and loaded him out immediately. But now Foolish. I'm glad I'm glad we've got him back in a system that works for him because yeah. I, I just think it was the McCarthy ball that didn't work for him, and now Morrison's built the team effectively around him. And that's I great. also think it's it's made this like little sort of like. It's 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 built his reputation up having that sort of like it didn't work out straight away and all the fans were clambering and forget back in the team and he was yeah. part of the team that came back into the team and then we went on that run and I think you know it was it's um his Cardiff City story um will benefit from that, especially if he, yeah. he takes us to the next level. And hopefully he's the sort of guy who's gonna stick around for a decade and become I think captain. So. And I think so. Um you know, take over from Rals when Rals moves on. You know, and yeah. I think I think that's the sort of player that you can't. He is, he is exactly what you want for your captain, isn't he? The guy who's he's unfussy, flourishing in the team, and, and yeah. does does the dirty work basically. And he was a great captain yesterday because obviously he was captain until Rals came on, and he was yeah. you know he, he was managed the referee well, and um, you know you could see him talking out Chatting. there. And yeah, I think he's a big. He's a you know. I, big presence in the dressing room. Big presence in the dressing room, and, and long may that continue. What a player, and so underrated, so underrated. So underrated. <laughs> um, Dan Lowe wouldn't have seen a performance like that last season. Every man was outstanding, looked hun- hungry, and win and determined to hold the lead. Fullbacks outstanding. CM Silky and both wingers worked hard and gave their fullbacks something to think about. Keeper gives Bruno vibes. Uh, Simon Hiscox, fantastic shirt you were wearing yesterday. Simon Morrison's done some good business and recruited well by the looks of it. A completely different approach, and it shows early days. But looking forward with optimism rather than vain hope. Hashtag optimism corner. A throwback to the early days of the pod there. Wintel's such a calm presence. Keep a kit though, and he's done the cool sunglasses emoji. 
Uh, Daniel Burns, to your point, Ryan, I would happily have Ryan Wintle's children. Absolute baller. Um, G's World, after that fucking great effort today, we're still in the same position. Uh, <laughs> a bit of realism there. Sam Hardwell, Alsop could become more of a legend of a keeper than Dave the Save. Ben, that's a big call by Sam Hardwell. Do you agree? That's a huge call after one game. <laughs> I, I love he this sort of really like one good. game and everyone's lost their minds. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. I love it. It's what football's all about. You, is just... you that excited as well, Ben? Not quite that excited <laughs> just yet. I'm, I'm looking forward to the tweets in four weeks and he drops some bollock and one of the passes goes to strays and it just taps a tap in for someone, which is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna happen. Oh, 100%. Everyone calling for Alan Wick to go in and why is he still playing? <laughs> Can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah. And can I can I just say as well, I think yesterday, within about five minutes, we played a little triangle of passes in front of the dugout and everybody lost their minds. <laughs> the whole ground went... <laughs> <laughs> We're just on, cheering. Cheering the so most good. basic five-yard passes. Was we de- like, I was like... Here we go. What a season we've got in our hands. <laughs> we just haven't seen it before. We're just excited yeah. for it. Um, Brilliant. Alan Griffith, plucky first. Uh, <laughs> Oliver Reese, every single player gave their all. Wasn't the game for Waters to get going coming up against Hanley. His time will come and we'll need to show patience. Do worry that Mark Harris is our second option. Seems too naive on the ball. Get a strike or two and this could be a special season. John TM Williams, work in progress. Why did NG get booked in the shithousery? They brought their own ref and still didn't do enough shirt pulling. And the final one, Ryan, I think this is a reference to you. Uh, Bush yeah. Tallison. Said food, glorious food, hot sausage and mustard, halftime snack. Strangely burst into song by Workhouse Orphans in the Lionel Bart musical. Burger, chips, burger and chips, maize based snack, fish cakes. Tommy Kaus, uh, great left back. Tommy Kaus style <laughs> sausage and chips. Um, do you want to take this one, Ryan? I mean, it's like a bad smell that follows me around, old Bush. Uh, <laughs> hiya, Bush. Hope you're well. <laughs> no. Um... And you read that wonderfully, but I don't think it's got the same panache. I think Ryan needs to do it okay. in the true way. <laughs> I uh... I'll 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 do it as 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 intended. <laughs> I've never actually been watched doing this because obviously we don't we don't usually record our podcast with videos. So I feel like I'm right to do it. <laughs> food, glorious food, hot sausage and mustard, halftime snack, strangely burst into song by House Orphans in the Lionel Bart musical. Burger, chips, burger and chips, a maze-based snack, fish cakes, Tommy style sausage and chips, and then a very suggestive wink. Yeah. you read that beautifully yeah um he's a man of of um of, of a talent bush uh always asks dodgy questions um but uh i must say i had a minced beef pie um at the game yesterday first time i've had a pie at the football for a while and i really enjoyed it i've got to was say it, was it a clark's pie or was it another brand of a minced no, beef pie obviously the clark's pie That's i feel like pie. is um again club culture yeah, I, that's, I, I, stuff I, like that. <laughs> I miss them. I miss a Clark's pie. Do you know what? Never had a Clark's pie. Never, never. No, I, like, look, I'm a man who likes a pie these days, and you know, in the heydays of Ninian Park, I wasn't a man who liked a pie, and I feel, you know, I think pie scared me as a naive 12, 13 year old. Whereas now I'm more open to a pie. So, um, I'm yeah, a. Bring back- I'm a- I'm a Bring big Clark's pie. pie fan. I used to have a T-shirt that had a Clark's pie where my belly was, and it said "Insert pie here." Um, <laughs> so that's how committed I am to Clark's pies. Yeah, like if I went it. to the football, I would always have a Clark's pie after football on a Saturday when I played football in the morning. We'd get a Clark's pie and, a, and I'd have it with a slice of bread at home because that's nice. what it was: Clark's pie, buttered bread. Yeah, elite combination. Oh. Heritage. Ben, heritage, heritage, football in heritage. Ben, exactly. Pie. 
Hey, Rupert, I've got to go for the Clarksons. Um, Victoria Park, um, bake, the Victoria Park Pie Company do a really good steak pie at my local chip shop, which is fucking top drawer as well. But the football, yeah, can't be a Clark's pie. Um, the minced beef and onion, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. Just amazing yeah. quality stuff. But what I will say about the food at the stadium, four quid for a portion of chips. Yeah, that's really I, I saw other tweets about the oh, cost of a thing. pint and all this kind of stuff. I think a pint is up to about six quid now or something like that. That is um, this joke, isn't it? It just it's again, it's it comes and I am thinking we labour this point a lot, but it comes back to the fact that if you had cheaper stuff in there, people would buy more when they're in there, but they're yeah, put off yeah. by the fact. Um I, we've talked about that. that. We talked about that enough. It was a desperate pie oh. for me yesterday. I mistimed my breakfast uh, slash lunch <laughs> and got to the ground. I was like, oh my god, I'm hungry now, and I've got to go and get some in and I've get got a pie. pie. And it was good, but I won't make a habit of it because it cost me an arm and a leg for a pie and a drink. But I don't oh. mind paying when Grazing Shed was there, beer burgers, yeah. that sauce, banging. Yeah. So I'll pay I'll pay six, seven quid for a burger then if I have to. I'd rather not, but if I'm there and I'm hungry and I want a burger, I want a good one. The slot that some of those stands looked grim. Yeah. Mm. Well, talking about grim places, it's Reading next. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. Uh, Reading away next Saturday. Um, ben, the away end sold out. The, we're back to clambering for tickets again. Is spares floating around in the pubs, that kind of stuff. Reading isn't exactly a glamour type. We play there every season. The Medeski is very, well, the Select Car Leasing Stadium, sorry, should I say, is a very boring, bland, and, you know, soulless place. But it's sold out, and that shows the clamour for football. It's back, isn't it? People want to be at these games. People want to be out to it. It's as far as sort of away games go for us. It's quite an easy one to get to. And most importantly, it's sensibly priced. Yeah. 20 quid a ticket, like you can't fault that. That's what it should be, um, home and away, to be honest. It's just sensible pricing. Fans have lapped it up, sold out the away end, and it's going to be a good atmosphere um, in a stadium that really doesn't have it. Um, it's one of my least favourite away ends of any I've been to. Yeah, I, I did it last year, and it's so boring. It's just not, like, there's nothing around the stadium, so it's not like there's any good pubs you can really go to. You've got a hell of a walk to get to the pubs. It's just... It's a crap away day, but because the fans are soaking, everyone's invested, everyone's bought into this, and it's sensibly priced. Everyone's going, "Yes, get me to Reading," which I don't think's ever been said before in my <laughs> life. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, I, I went to the what was the, the one last year? We won two one quite late on, and um, you know, oh yeah, the, I forgot about that game. The the grounds at like the side of the motorway, you have to get a bus there and all that kind of yeah. stuff. It's just a, it's, it's just not a very nice trip all around. Um, it's- it's my most visited ground in England, which is a depressing state. How many times have you been there? Nine times. Wow. Um, I haven't been there for a few seasons. It was actually my first ever Cardiff game, I think in 1999, Red in a way. So um, I'm not really? rushing. I, yeah, I'm not going this weekend. I can't make it. But uh, yeah, I won't be jealous of people um, going as an away day when we're winning 2-0 at halftime. I'll be very jealous. Um, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I, I missed out on tickets because my parents were meant to be. I was meant to see my parents that weekend, so I'd written it off. But I wish I just bought a ticket now because they yeah. cancelled on me. Ah oh, well, so I can't go. <laughs> um, I'll be at West Brom and Bristol City though. I'm very looking. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally buying my West Brom ticket as we speak. So uh, I'll be there as well. <laughs> That's um, the sort of commitment we like to see to this. Yeah, podcast. I just, I've got the bug back. I've got the bug yeah. back as we were talking about it. Um, Ryan, on on the Reading on the Reading game before we get too far ahead. Um, they lost to Blackpool. They only lost one nil because every result was one nil yesterday in the Championship. Um, they seem to edge the possession and stats. I think they've been written off as one of the, you know, they, they've had their embargo where they could only sign players for a year or players they already had on, on contracts, all that kind of stuff. Is it going to be a tougher game than we think? 
Um, yes, because I don't think there's any, like I said earlier, there's no easy games in the championship. And, um, you know, anything that isn't a repeat of that red in away game at the start of, uh, what was it, 2019-20, was it? Mm-hmm. When we Will Vokes and Leandro Bakuna had an absolute disgraceful game. And I think we lost 3-0. Oh, so as long God, as it's not, yeah. not like that, not to, to bring back any bad memories for people, um, then it is going to be great. So, yeah, I you can't write off teams. They're not going to be there or thereabouts. Paul Ince is a bad manager and a bad bloke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'd love to beat them, and I hope we do, um, to just keep this momentum going. Because if we do beat them... Um, you know, let's let's get twenty three thousand in the ground for uh, Birmingham then the following yeah. Saturday, because that's the sort of way football works. Um, Who's managing Birmingham now? I've just remembered John, John Eustace. John Eustace. Yeah. Uh, yeah. John Eustace famously famously turned down Swansea a couple of seasons ago. They have gotten rid of Neil Etheridge in goals and replaced him with John Ruddy. John Ruddy. Um, yeah. He started yeah. yesterday. Back to Reading uh, and another former Cardiff City player, Ben, uh, Junior Hoylett, uh, signed on for another year with them, which I was quite surprised back about. I just thought with all the trouble that was going on, he'd go back to potentially playing the MLS or playing uh, in the Canadian League. Yesterday, he seemed to play right back for Reading. Um, all I've written here is odd question mark. Any yeah, thoughts? it's not my ideal choice as a right back. <laughs> He's not got the defensive work. He's a solid sort of winger, but in his prime, but was he 31 now 32 yeah junior hoylet sort of yeah he's not senior hoylet now if anything <laughs> yeah, that's um, nice good. very yeah. good thank you thank you very much um let's get your predictions then us against reading next week ryan let's come to you first are we going to win this one um look it's easy to get carried away based on saturday i think on paper we should we should be beating sides like red and if we want to be in the in the top half mix so let's say yes um but I don't know if anyone heard Paul Ince's um, post-match press uh, interview. Um, he said that he needs his Paul players to be more... for Inter Milan. <laughs> well, he did say he needed his players to be more like Raheem Sterling. Um, so if he can inspire his, his wingers to be more like Raheem Sterling before next Saturday, then I might worry. But I, I think hopefully we can keep this momentum going and... Uh, a nice comfortable 2 0 win would be would be great. Um, so I'll go with 2 0, keep the, the positive vibes going. Lovely stuff, Ben. I'll keep the theme of the championship going. I think it'd be a nice little 1 0 win for Cardiff City. 1 0. So we've got 2 0, 1 0. I'm going to go 3 1 Cardiff. Uh, I was there last year where we beat them 2 1. Um, I just want to go one further and beat them 3 1 this time. So um, positive vibes all round from the podcast. And that rounds off this week's view from the Ninian. Um, Ryan, I'll come to you first. Um, second time on the pod, better than the first time? Absolutely much better circumstances. It's always a pleasure to talk about Cardiff City, especially when it's going well. I don't actually get to talk about them much, so it's always nice to uh, to, to talk to fellow fans and um, be a part of the, the premier Cardiff City podcast. Big words. I appreciate those words. Ben, what did you make of Ryan's performance? I think it's good. I'm just hoping the host gets as much grief on Twitter as the last time Ryan was on. Fucking <laughs> pasted. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we'll put this out into the ether tomorrow. I mean, it's been a more positive pod, so I think people will <laughs> overlook it. But I'll um, I'll I'll put out a poll that says, should I get much grief, and we'll see what people bring back. To <laughs> so don't worry, I'm willing to invite the grief on. Um, and like, guess what was it? And I think it was next time Ben has a week off, lads. Don't bother. Don't. 
Yeah. <laughs> Someone did say that, and I, I, I think I was in, I was in Miami on the beach, and I looked at it, and I went, "Oh, they've had a shocker this week," and I felt really <laughs> bad for you guys. Um, but you know, you did. I think you did a stellar job, mate. When I listened back, I thought you did a stellar job. So thank yeah. you for hosting in my absence. But um, yeah, if you do want to give us grief on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash dft ninian, uh, you can find us on there and all our nonsense. If you like what we did this week and you want to give us some money for it. Kofi.com, KOFI.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Uh, we don't do this for any money at all. Uh, and it's nice to get some money for doing that. So just you can chuck us a, a couple of quid there just to say thank you. But um, all that's left to say is, Ryan, it was a pleasure having you on for another time. Uh, you thank you very a great much. Job filling in for Tom uh, and Ben. You're here every week. So thanks. Yes, yeah, nurse. And we'll see you next week after we've beaten Reading. Cheers then. Bye. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and...